Welcome inside episode 658 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains on a game day for the Sens, they are looking for their first five-game win streak since 2017 as they wrap up a five-game homestand at the CTC. And Mark Kastelik, find a place in Ottawa, kid. You got a two-year contract extension. We're going to get into that. I love it. His old squad in Belleville had a great effort. And after Pillsy said he wanted to see more from Igor Sokolov, the shark bit back. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Thank you for making Locked On Senators your first listen on this Thursday, October 27th. We are free and available on all platforms, including... On YouTube, where the best way you can help the show grow is to like every video by clicking the thumbs up, subscribing to the Locked On Senators channel, and being a friend by telling a friend to do the exact same thing. Pillsy, it's a great day to be a Sens fan, and we needed some good news after the Josh Norris injury. Not only is it a game day, but Mark Kastelik has signed a two-year, one-way contract, and we got a video that we've kind of been inching closer to over the last couple weeks. Yeah, I'm very excited about this, Ross. I think this is a great signing, and this shouldn't surprise anyone. I mean, and (laughs) Beard Dorian said it himself in the video. If you haven't checked it out, the Sens did a behind-the-scenes with the Mark Kastelik signing the contract, and he says, apart from your dad, Mark, I got the next biggest Mark Kastelik fan, DJ Smith, right here with me. And that's pretty clear. When the coach is a big fan of his fourth-line center, you got to get that guy signed for a couple more years. So he gets a two-year deal worth an annual average value of $835,000. Start finding a real estate agent, Mark Kaslick. You're staying in Ottawa. The first year is $800,000, then $870,000 in 2024-25. You're looking at the face-off leader Mm -hmm. in the National Hockey League. He's been snapping him back over 70% this year. He's got more goals than Austin Matthews. Most goals by a Phoenix-born player right now in the NHL. But we know what Mark Haslick's calling card is. He's going to grind down low. You look at the goals he scored right in front of the net, jamming away at rebounds. He had that little backhand flip over Jeremy Swayman in the game against Boston on home ice. This guy is the perfect organizational depth centerman. Don't forget he scored 50 goals in junior. This guy's not a stranger to having the puck on his stick as well. And Ross, if we're talking about scoring goals, uh, we love doing this. Head over to the Elite Prospects page. Mark (laughs) Kaslik is on projection for in 82 games. He will have 27 goals and zero assists. What a a season for Mark Kaslik. Cy Young on deck for Mark Kaslik. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. It's great to see, especially after they locked up Parker Kelly to that one-way contract when he hadn't really established himself yet as being an NHL guy. So now we can have that dub connection on the fourth line for years to come. It's great to see. And you're looking at how the Sens stack up at center with all the youth, with Shane Pinto coming up as the third, who's pushing now into a top six role, potentially with the injury 
to Josh Norris, Timmy, of course. They're all locked up now for at least the next two years, albeit not Shane Pinto just yet. That'll be an interesting negotiation, but having three of your guys set for multiple years, very good. There's still some flexibility in here, but for a fifth-round pick from only three years ago, it's super impressive to see the rise of Mark Kastlick to an NHLer. And I want to point people in the direction of our interview with Mark Kastlick from last year because you could tell he's laser-focused on, well, he was then to make the NHL. And now you can just tell this is a very motivated individual coming from a hockey family. And he stays motivated in the right ways, Ross. Like, he understands the role he's going to play, what he needs to do to be successful. So... This guy is an animal in the gym. DJ Smith said it himself. He's the strongest player in the entire franchise. And he put to work, okay, how am I going to be a successful fourth line center? I need to be big. I need to be strong. I need to be physical. Check. He does all those things. How can I make myself more useful when I'm only playing about eight to 10 minutes a night? I'm going to make sure I'm a top face-off guy. And he's been doing that in the NHL nonetheless as a young centerman. So, for him to be able to piece all this together and really show his value and get rewarded with the contract pretty early on in this season, it, it, it all works out. It's a win-win for him and for the organization. It really comes down to the fact that he has relentless work ethic and determination on top of it, and he's going to push other guys to be at their best. He won, or he finished second after Josh Norris in the fitness testing this year and at 22 years old you're just thinking he's entering what will be the prime of his career and we're excited to see how much the offense can grow but even if it doesn't this is still a useful fourth line player in the national hockey league a guy who coach can rely on to kill penalties and win important face-offs Pilsy, uh i don't know how much deeper we need to go into this i think all around it's just great to see these internal players getting rewarded the draft and development yes. system really only works when you can keep them after they've developed. And we've seen to instances where it hasn't happened here in the past, but now you're looking at, we knew the top end guys, they'd get their cookies, but to see the Parker Kellys, the Mark Kastlicks, those guys get rewarded with, with two, three-year contracts, I really like that mentality as an organization. And it's a great example for people in Belleville right now that uh, maybe have aspirations or not maybe almost every single player in the AHL has aspirations of being an NHL player. But it just goes to show you that if you follow the plan that the franchise lays out for you, if, if you can be determined and motivated, like you mentioned, Mark Kaslick was, you can find yourself in a spot in the NHL. And for guys like Igor, Roby, Yarventi, I know they're different roles, but it's not just lip service. The Ottawa Senators are showing that, hey, we put a lot of investment and a lot of time development into our guys in Belleville because we really believe they can help us out in the NHL in the future. And Mark Kaslick, perfect example. So what I think is is pretty interesting here too is now, even though these are depth pieces, you can start to see the skeleton of what next year's uh, team is going to look like. Remember how much blue and red used to be on the Cap Friendly page for the next season? Well, now you're looking at a situation where you're only really important guys, of course, to Brinkett and Zub jump off the page as two guys who you need to sign. Zub UFA coming up to Brinkett, an RFA with arbitration rights. But beyond that, it's pretty much just Shane Pinto. Tyler Mott is going to get his seven-year extension, but the other guys are probably replacement uh, level for, for next season. When you look, Ham Hamannick, Holden, Watson, 
Gambrell, Broussard. Those are the only other guys who need contracts yeah. now going into next season. So they've they've really maneuvered themselves into a flexible situation where you've kept your internal pieces, but now you can add around them. And we'll see, of course, what the AAV comes in if and when to bring it and Zub sign and then play around after that. But I'm almost surprised that it's under 900000 I was thinking for Casty, if it was going to be a two-year deal, probably close to a million dollars. Yeah, and that's I was a little surprised too that it wasn't a major bump here for Mark Kaslick. But I think this is if you're Mark Kaslick, you're just happy that it's a one way because as a fourth line NHLer, things can happen. Even though you have the coach's confidence, even though you're you're playing at an exceptional rate with the faceoff numbers here, it's something that you you there's a lot of value in that one way deal cuz if he ends up getting sent back down then you know and and then you get the waivers uh, thrown in there as well so it's a little bit of uh, stability and uh, security for Mark Kaslick so i think either way he's happy that he's got a two year deal that's going to pay him in seven figures no matter where he's at get a place Mark Kastlik, welcome yep. to a full-time role with the Ottawa Senators. Next thing, we got to get the kid a real number, as 47 was certainly just left in his training camp stall back yep. in 2019. All right, Pilsy, let's play, pay a quick bill and then get into the Belleville Sens last night before a game day preview right here on Locked On Senators. Yes, our friends at betonline.net. We need to tell you about them. They're the trusted online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network, and for a good reason. They got all the latest odds, news, scores, podcasts, analysis, whatever you want. They got it. And it's not just for hockey, guys. They got football, baseball, basketball, golf, UFC, boxing, whatever sport you like, they got it. And Ross, I'm 0-2 on the parlays, but I'm, I'm getting back in the game here. I'm looking at two games tonight. I've thought about a three-game parlay, but not going to stretch it here. The Vancouver Canucks are up against the Seattle Kraken. They have zero wins on the year. This is their big rivalry. Sure, it's a road game, but it's just merely a couple hours uh, across the border, and they're there, so it's kind of a home game. And I, I say this is when the streak snaps. they got to get a win here. So Vancouver money line at plus 116. And then the Preds are up against the Blues. The Blues just played last night. So they're going to have Thomas Grice in for uh, in goal for them. So I think the National Predators can beat up on them. So I'm taking the Preds money line at minus 172. So parlay the Vancouver Canucks, Nashville Predators money line. Put $10 into that parlay. And you're going to win 24-16. That is Pillsy's parlay of the day. And it all happens at betonline.ag. It's where the game starts. Today's episode is also brought to you by Shawarma Palace, the best dining location in Ottawa, I say with full confidence. If you haven't been to Shawarma Palace or you haven't been recently, you have to head to one of their nine, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine locations around Ottawa. They're easy to find. They're unbelievably when, great when it comes to quality. There's not a bad thing on the menu from the garlic, potatoes. I even saw them doing poutine. I mean, it's going to take a lot to get me away from the chicken platter yep. with extra garlic sauce, extra pita. Thank you. I also need to invite like 10 of my closest friends to finish that on a good day because at Shawarma Palace, they don't think that quality has to be suffered at the expense of quantity. They give you quantity, they give you quality, and they give you an easy way to get them all the time because they have nine different locations all around Ottawa, including the Carleton University Food Court Orleans, and a pair downtown, either at Bank and Gladstone area, 
and on Rideau Street. So go check them out today. Dine at any of Shawarma Palace's nine locations. I love it. I can't wait to get back to Ottawa and get Shawarma Palace. We're so happy to share our love of Shawarma Palace with you, our listeners. Next time you go to Shawarma Palace, make sure you're posting on social media yes. and tagging us. We want to see your photos at Shawarma Palace. Game days are tastier at Shawarma Palace. Go visit them at any of their nine Ottawa locations. Welcome back to a game day edition of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan alongside Brandon Piller. But before we get to the Senators game tonight against the Minnesota Wild, the team, did they get right with a win over Montreal? Or was that just the Habs being as bad as we thought they were? But before we get to that, the Habs babies took on the baby sense. Yesterday in Laval, those two teams have now already played three times. They'll play nine more before the end of the regular season in classic AHL scheduling form. But Pilsy, on this show right here yesterday, you said, I want to see more from Igor Sokolov. Is a goal and two assists in a 3-2 win good for you? Yeah, that'll do. Yeah, I'll take that from uh, Igor Sokolov. That's definitely the performance we were hoping he was going to have. And not to say that he was having a bad season, Ross. He had a bunch of assists heading into this game, but he's a sniper. He's a sniper, and he had zero goals. And we listed all those injuries that uh, have happened to the Belleville Senators. And this was time for Igor Sokolov to step up, and step up he did. And with three points and a three-goal night, that was a massive win for the Belleville Senators Especially, Ross, with Rourke Chartier scoring a game-winning goal with eight seconds left. That's what you love to see up against a divisional rival in Laval. Did you see what the shots on goal were after the first period, Pilsy? No, I didn't. Oh, my God. The Belleville Senators had Kevin Mandelazy, our guy, standing on his absolute head. In the yep. game, I need to triple check because I saw it once, I saw it twice, but I still didn't believe it. 12 to 2, Belleville had two shots on goal in the first period. And after the second, they they did inch back. It was pretty even in the second, but they were being outshot 25 to 14, almost by double. But they're still able to score two in the third period and take this victory despite being down a goal with five minutes remaining. Yes, uh, all three Belleville goals were scored on the power play. They had eight power plays in the game. Laval had six. Wow. So. Pretty choppy game from that respect, but all in all, you don't ask how, you ask how many, and now the Belleville Senators have brought themselves back to 500 on the season. And Ross, big point for Ridley Gregg. He gets an assist, and go check out that goal. Uh, I I believe Ridley sauces it over to Sokolov, and Sokolov gets it over to Roby Yarventi, who makes no mistake from his office in Belleville and gets that one-timer past Caden Primo. So, an absolute great game for your Belleville Senators. I put on Send Central on Twitter, 2020 vision, because it was Ridley Gregg, 28th overall, to Igor Sokolov, Ooh, I like overall, that. Or 61st overall. And then Roby Jarventi, 33rd overall. He puts the puck in the back of the net. Big win for the Belleville Senators. They'll continue on the road this weekend coming up. But coming up on the show, we're going to get into today's game against the Minnesota Wild. But first, Pilsy, we're going to send it over to a quick word from one of our favorite sponsors. We'll be right back right here on the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. 
Game day for the Ottawa Senators, and they can win five in a row for the first time since March of 2017. They'll have that opportunity tonight against the Minnesota Wild, a team they beat once and lost in overtime to last season. Ross, I got, I'm going to one-up you on that stat. Uh, this was very impressive from our guy, Ian Mendez. Just looking forward here so I get it exactly right. The Ottawa Senators have had 29 different homestands of five-plus games in their franchise history. They have never swept an entire homestand of that length by winning every game. But they have that opportunity tonight. How crazy is that, Ross? In franchise history, they could set a record tonight. Yes, that is incredible. And to do it at home where attendance has been thin over the last number of years, I think it's an incredible way to welcome back hockey we can be excited about in the nation's capital. So if you're going to the game, make sure you send those boots on the ground posts. We absolutely oh, yeah. love them uh, right here on the show on Twitter at Send Central. Um, and Martian will rate them as well. So Martian, right after we tweet out that he's going to be in the postcast, <laughs> we're all going to be together. We get word. He's like, Man, I got too good of a deal. I'm boots on the ground tonight, but we'll Can't blame him. go into the postcast in the second half. The postcast after dark. You can catch the postcast after each and every Ottawa Senators game. We'll have plenty of opportunities. My work schedule is opening up uh, nights at least the last the next like three weeks at, at the very least. So uh, we'll be able to get all the fellas together and, and that'll be exciting uh, for the first time this season. But we're excited to have the postcast regardless tonight. And that's why you got to make sure to put the bell on. When you subscribe to Locked On Senators, you just click the alarm right next to it and it will notify you when new videos go live. We had a bonus video last night with Seth Tupal from Locked On Wild. After talking to him, he gave me a little bit of confidence. What about you going into tonight's game? Yeah, definitely a little bit of confidence. It seems like the Minnesota Wild are kind of going through some early season woes, trying to figure things out. Uh, like we mentioned, not a whole lot of turnover for that team. So it's surprising that they are off to such a rough start and goaltending has been the biggest issue for them. But Ross, I caught most of that Minnesota Wild versus Montreal Canadiens game and Marc-Andre Fleury seems like he's found his stride now. He looked pretty good there. I mean, albeit going up against the Montreal Canadiens, first ever team in NHL history to finish 32nd or 32nd. Um, but still, a good performance from Flurry, and unfortunately, we won't get to see a revenge game from Gus. Ooh, I really wanted to see Philip Gustafson in goal, and I still do, because that would mean that Marc-Andre Flurry cannot get the job done. Even with that win, though, in Montreal yesterday, Pilsy, or on Tuesday, Marc-Andre Flurry with an 869 save percentage through his first four games of the regular season. He's got a 2-1-1 record with a 4.3 goals against average. Those are not typical numbers for Flurry. No, they really aren't. But again, I think it's this is a very veteran team too, so I think they're going to know how to pull themselves up and over this hump. So I am, although it's not as at the start of the year when we looked at this matchup on the schedule, you're, you're a little worried. I'm not as worried as I was before, but... Still, this is a team you can't take lightly. So for a deep dive into the Minnesota Wild, again, we recommend going to check out our crossover with Seth Tupal, audio and on YouTube. But I'm going to run through the Lions as of this morning, and this is courtesy of Michael Russo from The Athletic. Frederick Goudreau, noted number one center. Freddie Goudreau. Don't call me Johnny. Freddie Goudreau, first line center on this team in between two studs 
in Kirill Kaprizov and Mads Zuccarello. On the second line, it's Marco Rossi in between Marcus Foligno and Matt Boldy. The third line, the shutdown line, is Joel Eriksson Ek, Matt or Brendan Duhame, and Ryan Hartman. The third line, fourth line rather, is Mason Shaw. We got Connor Dewar and Sam Steele. On the back end, it's Jacob Middleton with Jared Spurgeon, Jonas Brodeen with Kalen Addison, and John Merrill with Matthew Dumba. Matt Zuccarello is the leading scorer with 10 points through six games. Pilsy, who's your lookout player for the Minnesota Wild? My lookout player is going to be Marco Rossi. This is someone that, Ross, we covered this draft extensively. He was someone that a lot of people kind of had the Ottawa Senators targeting because he played in their backyard with the 67s. He was right in that range, but he fell quite a bit in the draft. And it looks like uh, the Minnesota Wild were pretty happy to select him. But he did have some injury concerns last season, missed all of the season. And in his first five games here, he has no goals, no points, and only two shots on net. So he's... Yeah, you know where I'm going with this, don't you, Ross? No, I don't want another first career NHL goal against Ottawa. I've seen this movie before. The Ottawa Senators are notorious for giving up first NHL career goals. So I'm going to be keeping an eye on Marco Rossi, hoping that the the only record or uh, noteworthy stat that the Sens have is getting that full sweep of a homestand of five games for the first time in their franchise history. Not a Marco Rossi uh, notable stat here. I am going to sprinkle a little bit at bet online on a Marco Rossi goal. I just, how can you not? It, yeah, it's, it, it just, it always happens to the sense. It always happens. His billets will be in the crowd tonight, but I'm going to look to his right for my lookout player, Matt yeah. Boldy. We talked about him with, with Seth, just a stud. Like, you weren't even sold on him, Pilsy, until you watched him a little more closely against Montreal, but he does all the little things right. Elite vision, rocket of a wrist shot as well, and he's off to a red-hot start to his NHL career. Yeah, I don't know what it is, Ross. I just, I for some reason, I thought he was maybe a bit overrated, and in full honesty, I didn't get a lot of uh, viewing time on Boldy, and then I watched him in that game and was like, okay, I... I'm I'm on the train here. I see the high P. He's got good hands. He plays the game the right way. And I think he's going to be, like um, Seth Tupal mentioned in our episode, he's going to be a big part of how the Minnesota Wild are going to make up for all those points they lost in uh, letting Fiala go, or trading him, I should say. He's had points everywhere. He's yeah. been. He's played 24 games at the AHL level, 28 points. This guy's 21 years old right now. Even in the NHL, 53 games, 45 points including six points in six games this year, the 12th overall pick from the 2019 NHL draft. I know it's probably still too early to do a redraft from this one, but he probably goes top five, top six. He's that good of a player. So I'm going to be keeping my eye looking out for Matt Boldy in tonight's game. And ironically, the two youngsters are playing on a line with the old vet, Marcus Foligno, who I'd imagine the rationale is to open up a little extra ice and, to be a bit of a protector for them as well. Yeah, you got to protect the investments, and Marcus Foligno is the guy to do that. Just it makes no sense to me why Rossi isn't playing between Kaprizov and Zuccarello. I mean, anytime you have a chance to get uh, Goudreau up there as a top-line center, you got to go for it, Ross. What's your key to victory to beat this Minnesota Wild team? 
Uh, Seth mentioned it. Pretty much the only bright spot for the Minnesota Wild is their power play. It's one of the best power plays in the entire league, still clicking at above 30% here. And they've really stacked up. I'm looking at their power play uh, lines here, Ross. They've really stacked up on that first one. I mean, you're, you got Zuccarello with Eriksson Ek, Boldy, Kalen Addison, and Kaprizov. And then the second unit is Felino, Goudreau, Hartman with Rossi and Spurgeon. So I think this is going to be the type of scenario where you see that top unit out for a minute 30, and then the second unit kind of just fizzles out the, the remainder of power play. So if they're going to beat the Minnesota Wild, they need to try to shut down that power play because it's it, it's lethal. Like Kaprizov, Zuccarello, those guys are absolute killers. And then Kalen Addison for a young guy, he's looking like he can really quarterback a power play. So I think that's going to be a dangerous spot for the Sens. Yes, I, I'd agree with that. Right now, their shot share is well under 40%. And I would just like to take away any potential confidence they gained with that 3-1 win over Montreal on Tuesday and just put it to bed early. Like, get on them quick. Use the crowd to, to your advantage. You can almost argue it's too long of a homestand. I feel like a three-game homestand is ideal. You come home, you spend a week at home. But, like, they've been home since October 16th after they came back from Toronto. Uh, on the Saturday night. So like you're looking at like half a month, like two and a half weeks, basically uh, since they've been on the road. And I feel like you can almost get a little, you know, stuck in your ways. So I feel like to keep things fresh, start like, I almost, I almost start the Catholic line tonight. Like get them out there one line, right? One shift right off the bat and then get the big boys out there. Once the play's already rolling, hopefully you get a couple big hits right off the bat. Basically, you have a team that's been traveling for a few games now, and you, you can really kind of put a little pressure on them early on. So, yeah, get banging, get going right away. They've Yeah, it's their third of a five-game road trip for them. So I think that you do what you can to really kind of get on them physically in the first couple minutes of the game and then shoot the puck. Look at these goalies, man. The team save percentage has to be worst, if not second worst. I'm going to find this out for the good people right now. But both goalies with just – horrendous save percentage on the season. We already talked about uh, what Marc-Andre Fleury has, but Philip Gustafson has not been any better. They are both well under 900. So don't let them get any confidence and put this one to bed. I want some Fleury (laughs) chance ringing through the CTC. Bring him back mentally. Bring him back to the Zach Smith wraparound in game three of the Sens Penguin series in 2017, where he is just laying on his stomach saying, man, is my career done? Certainly it's been a bounce back since going to Vegas and he's still a solid goalie despite his numbers to start this year. But I want the Sens crowd to bring him back to that moment. Yeah. And I think a big part of this too is, and Seth mentioned this to us, Ross is this decor hasn't exactly been great. And, Having Matt Dumba on the third pair, that just goes to show you where he's at with the Minnesota Wild right now. It hasn't been good from what we've been hearing. So I think it's not all to blame on the goalies here. The decor that usually is very solid in Minnesota, that's kind of been their MO, I think is struggling a bit to start off. Yes, he seems like the whipping boy in Minnesota is one Matthew Dumba in a contract year nonetheless. But he's a guy with a long track record. He's a guy who I would have been very content the Sens go after when Minnesota was kind of in that cap crunch. And it's like, are they going to try to re-sign Fiala or is it going to be Dumba's money? They try to move out to make things work. But now 
Final year, $6 million cap hit, dash four in six games. Yeah. Not much offense, if any, to speak of. He's certainly not the 50-point player he once was. No, and that's very apparent. And, and it could be one of those things where just the writing is on the wall. I think Minnesota is, from what Seth said, it seems like the fans and the team are kind of done with them. I don't think there's been heated contract extension talks. And I think Dumba probably is ready to move on too. So it seems like that is a big part of why his play hasn't uh, been up to snuff. That's just me speculating and going off what we've heard. But yeah. Not not high times for that Minnesota defense. Although Addison has been great. You know Spurgeon. He's one of the best skaters in the league. So there's some bright spots. Middleton is a guy that Seth said he's really liked since he's been brought in. So 67s. Yeah. So there, there's definitely some bright spots that just haven't quite clicked yet. So let's hope they don't fully click here up against the Sens. Hey, if things don't turn around, I wouldn't be opposed to calling about Matthew Dumba as a, as a rental, a right shot defenseman. Depends what the cost is, but... I think he'd be kind of an intriguing name still because he brings the physicality that every coach loves. But I'd say he's probably a better partner for Jake Sanderson, no? Yeah, that's the thing. I wouldn't put him up top with Shabbat, but no. uh, maybe with Sanderson that could work. And then you get Hamannick down there on that third pair, which uh, which would be ideal. And Ross, that can lead us perfectly into the Ottawa Senators line as there is a new third pair defenseman lining up here. So other than that, Typically, it's the same lineup we've seen. Kachuk with Timmy and Drake. Alex Dabrinkit with Derek Rossard and Claude Giroux. My guy, Tyler Mott with Shane Pinto and Matthew Joseph. Parker Kelly with newly signed Mark Kastelik. Ooh, Kasty. <laughs> and uh, Wadi, of course, is the fourth line right winger. Then on defense, we got Shabbat and Zub, Sanderson, Hamnick, Brandstrom, and... Number 22, Nick Holden will be sitting out this game. It seems like maybe he's got some lingering uh, veteran D-man injuries going on, and maybe that's just DJ Smith giving him a night off to recover. And so, then in, in goal, uh, just, sorry, just to finish this off, Ross, Forsberg, for Holden. number 22. <laughs> yes, and to finish off, Forsberg was in the starter's end, so it seems like whatever he tweaked or whatever was going on is, is better now. So he will get the start here up against Minnesota Wild. Before we talk about the reasoning potentially for this switch, some good news. Cam Talbot skated again today. He is ahead of schedule as I believe it was Darren Dreger who's like, ah, maybe, I don't know, could he be a little shorter than that initial five to seven timeline, week timeline? It would be awesome to see him in a game in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely. And Ross, not only is he back on the ice, he's been on the ice for a little bit here, but he's taking shots too, which I think is the big thing to note because he got injured taking a shot in the ribs uh, earlier on. So if they're comfortable enough to let him take shots in practice, that's a big sign that he's going to be back closer to recovery. So that would be great. But as much as I want to see Talbot back, Ross, part of me is a little sad seeing his recovery go quickly because that probably spells the demise of Magnus Helberg in Ottawa and I haven't picked up my jersey yet. Well, let's see how things develop because with Bebo and Sogard both injured right now. Sogard coming back this weekend though, Ross. Perfect. We need yep. that. This is how unfortunate. Two minutes into the season for yeah. Sogard and he's out. But Anton Forsberg looks like he'll get the start tonight. Three and two on the season. You already mentioned it. A 904 save percentage as well, but he's made some big saves there, and now he has to deal with 22. Why do you think DJ Smith made the move? Do you think there is something going on with Nick Holden behind the scenes? Because 
it seems weird to change a lineup that's won four straight games when 22 was brutal against Toronto. Yeah, no kidding. And and we know from seasons past, Eric Branstrom and Nikita Zaitsev haven't been a good pair. I mean, Nikita Zaitsev with almost anyone has not been a good pair. So the anchor, how much does it weigh? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, so I, it, it must be some lingering issues to Holden. Now, having said that, Holden hasn't exactly been the same guy we've seen over the past either. So maybe that kind of shows you why is he's got some stuff going on. He's an old, older defenseman, right, in his late 30s. So the body's going to be banged up with the miles he's put on it. If there was a guy to come out of the lineup on the back end, for me, it would have been Nick Holden. Regardless, I don't just don't think you need to do it. But you know what? Let's be easy on 22 today because tonight is his 400th NHL game, which I don't know if it's impressive or or scary at the same time. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, it, it is what it is, and I'm I'm willing to not be. I'm not I'm not going crazy and pressing the panic button and freaking out. Like if I I truly believe in spot starts in a third pairing role, Zaitsev can be adequate now. Adequate is not what you want from a defenseman. You're paying 4.5 million, and in a year where your weakest spot arguably is your decor, and you're trying to get to meaningful games, and you're actually winning games here, that's not what you want. It's not ideal, but I don't think people need to to freak out here because he's he's going to be playing un, probably under 15 minutes here. So hopefully, it's not a big issue. In the only game he did play this season in Toronto, he played 12 minutes and 12 seconds. Uh, and DJ Smith mentioning the reason why he brought him in is because he looked decent against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And we'll see. We'll see how it looks tonight, man. Yeah, <laughs> I'll leave it at that. I don't have got much more for that, Ross. Who's your locked on player tonight for the Ottawa Senators? My locked on player for the Ottawa Senators is going to be Brady Kachuk. I mean, this guy just keeps rolling along. Uh, he's He leads the team in points. I think if, like you said, Ross, get off to a hot start, bang bodies early, that's Brady Kachuk's music. I mean, he's no stranger to going out there and having a couple hits right away in his first few shifts, setting the tempo, getting the boys fired up. So I think... If they're going to have that key to victory, like you mentioned, Brady Kachuk's going to be a big part of it. And let's keep him rolling here. I, I love seeing the captain lead the team as he's been the leading uh, point getter for this team two seasons in a row. And it, it looks like he's trending to make it a third. I love that call. Brady Kachuk, your locked on player. And I just uh, for completeness sake, the exact quote from DJ Smith for Nikita Zaitsev, he's putting him in because, quote, he played fairly well in Toronto and he sat four in a row. If you run into injuries, you have to have guys ready to play. I think it's a good situation to get him in. Weird, because I don't think Dylan Gambrell is or is in the cards to play unless there is an injury. And he hasn't played in four games, and they've won all four games, all in regulation, with very good defensive numbers. It just it boggles yeah. my mind. I wonder if he's protecting uh, Hamannick here, or sorry, holding a little bit here of why he's taking him out, even though he was also out in the game against Toronto when Zaitsev went in. But anyways, neither here nor there. I'm very tempted to just go with Mark Kastelik, the man of the day. Yep, Jesus, nice. amen. But I'm not. I'm going with Tim Stutzla. And if you had okay. told me that Tim Stutzla was at a point per game, on pace for a career high, I would have said, you know what? I, th I think there's even more to it. I think that he can go to another level. 
And yes, there's only the one goal, five assists. Great pass to Brady for the goal uh, in the third period. The the eventual, oh no, they got the garbage time goal. I was going to say the eventual game winner. It was the second goal. It was what got the run started where then Pinto scored and then Broussard scored just after. But no, Timmy's my guy tonight. I think he's going to light the lamp. If the Senators are going to have success, I think they're going to need Tim Stutzla. Three assists in his last two games. I'm in for him having a big night. He hasn't played 20 minutes since the road loss in Toronto. And again, they were pushing a little bit more offensively in that game. I think he plays 20 minutes tonight, and I think he steps up and makes us think, you know what? They're going to be okay without Josh Norris. So big night ahead for Tim Stutzla. I like it, Ross. And uh, this is very um, comforting to see, Ross, six players on your Ottawa Senators are playing at a point per game or more right now. Like, that's damn good. Like, you you love to see that. And that's what I mentioned. I think this team can outscore a lot of their problems. And when you have guys clicking at this rate, it could happen. Absolutely. We should also note Shane Pinto has scored in five straight game so get to bet online and put a little shekel on him i put 22 dollars on him scoring last time which for me is like two units basically and it paid off at 450 plus 450 wow, so i turned yeah. 22 into basically 100 dollars, just like that thank you shane pinto we appreciate that wholeheartedly but hey do it responsibly but it's always fun having a little action on the game especially when the sends are good it was yes. fun having them as the underdog and the sickos and all that, but I like when they win the bets too more often. But Ross, they are the home underdog tonight. Stop it. Yeah, at betonline.ag. I closed the page now, but last I checked, they were plus 114. So. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to sprinkle on that and in regulation as well. You can get them in regulation right now for plus 155. I'm in for that. We hope you are too. I nailed the last one. So what did I say to Seth's 5-3 win tonight for the Ottawa Senators? I forget your exact prediction. Yeah, we'll, yeah, well, we'll have to go back on that. I'm sticking with that. Somebody let us know in the comments as well. All right, Pilsy, any final thoughts? It's going to be an exciting game. We got the postcast afterwards. I'm fired up to get into this one. A 6 p.m. start for me, I should say. A 7 p.m. puck drop at the Canadian Tire Center. I'll just hit the good people with the go sends go. All right. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan, and this has been the Locked On Senators Podcast. It's your team every day.